Let's stand all over the house this evening. We'll now sing the wondrous If you're joining us online, we welcome you to church together. Let's continue singing today.
tonight we glorify your name father we ask that you would inhabit the praises of your people be with us the remaining portion of this service everything that we say and do let it be for the kingdom and the upbuilding of christ and our jesus christ our lord we pray in the body of christ together said amen. amen amen will you take this time to greet each other in the lord before we jump back into worship god bless stand back all over the house. Let's go back into worship tonight and sing together. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over Oh, I keep falling in love. 
love you, Lord. We glorify your name. Lord, we sense your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you that your presence is ever so near when we need it most. God, we thank you that in moments like this, we can just decree and declare our love for you and how much we adore you and magnify the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Lord, so today, Lord, I pray that you hear the hearts of your people today as we come together in one mind and one accord to worship you. So, Lord, let this be our prayer. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Lord, I love you. Lord, we love you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Oh, can you just take the next 10, 15 seconds and can you just love the Lord? Can you just tell him how much you love him? However you feel comfortable, you can raise your hand, you can kneel, you can just say it silently, but can you just thank the Lord for all he's done for you and in your life? Lord, we just love you. We glorify you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We exalt your name, Lord. God, you're truly worthy of all our praise. Hallelujah, God. Lord, we, your word says you inhabit the praises of your people. God, and we know, God, that you have been with us in this place today. We have felt you all in our services today. You've been so good to this body. You've been so good to this church. And God, we know that it's nothing we could have done, but it's all because of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we love you today. We glorify you in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. We pray these things in the body of Christ together. Said, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this evening. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, we're going to be reading a couple passages of Scripture in the book of, between Psalms and Second Chronicles. Psalms chapter 28 is where we'll spend the majority of our time. All of these Scriptures will be on the references screen to my right my left. Uh, as you're turning there uh, tonight, I uh, just want to tell you how good God is. We had some folks out this morning that were sick and others, you know, and we're so glad Miss Jennifer's back. She's not able to play and sing today, but we're glad she's feeling a little bit better to be here. But uh, yeah, lots of folks out today. Brother, Brother Jeff Davis, I mentioned to you, was sick today. And some others who had other uh, things going on in their families and, and stuff happening. And uh, Brother Marion had to go to work, so he didn't get to stay for service, but he had to go to work and um, so on and so forth. And, and uh, had, uh, you know, Madison was at a friend's house, and uh, Mason was not able to be here today. And just, you know, lots of different folks for different reasons. Jordy had to work, you know, and the list, you know, the list. Mary and Wendell were tied up still with their treatments in North Carolina and traveling. So lots of different folks. Uh, traveling and stuff and doing things but today we still were uh, we still had over 64 people in our building today with all those people out and uh, and we had lots of folks watch online as well today and commented and, and um, uh, had had the new family uh, come today Brett and um, and 
his wife, uh, Vanessa, <laughs> they, uh, it's a funny story. They, they bogged down in the church uh, because our ground is so wet. <laughs> so their truck sank. And so thankfully Brother Storm was here. We had others that was willing to help. But Brother Storm had a, he had a winch. And he'd be here tonight, but he had to, uh, he had to work uh, tonight in his job. But anyway, he winched the truck. He was pulling it out. And I was talking to uh, Brother Brent. And he's standing there. Miss Vanessa was inside talking to some of the ladies. I was just messing with him, and I, he said, Pastor, I'll come by. I'll resod the church. I'll put grass seed out. I'll, I said, Brett, no, no, that's not going to work. You know, your first-time guest, and even if you were the 85th-time guest, um, no, we, we pay for the yard to be done. Why would you rake it? I will call them. That's what they get paid to do, fix what I break. That's what they're there for. Uh, and I said, no, we'll get it fixed. It's not that big of a deal. I feel so bad. I said, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And so he was telling me, well, he was telling, I didn't know this till later today, but he had um, worked for the Billy Graham Association, and he lived in a different state, but this was home. Not, this, this part of Berkeley County was home for them. And, uh, and his wife is uh, actually from South America. Um, and so obviously when Miss Carrie Ann comes to church, we have representations from Jamaica. And this morning we had representation from Jamaica and South America. We're coming international, y'all. We're coming an international church overnight. Um, you know, just keep bringing them in. I mean, I'm, I love it. But uh, so anyway, we're standing out there in the parking lot. And God has, a, I guess, has a sense of humor uh, with how things go. And he was just standing there and talking. He said, well, we were looking. We've been looking for a church. We don't, you know, we don't know where we're, where we were going or whatever. He said, so I got on Google. <laughs> I just Googled. And I said, wow, I'm so glad Google knows where we are. I didn't even know Google knew we, we were here. But thank God for Google. And uh, and so he said, I, when I got out the truck this morning, I turned around and so I told Vanessa I was looking at it, and he said, I thought to myself, man, I, I uh, uh, you know, we're going to go in church. Boy, I, I make a first, a great first impression, don't I? I go to the church, tear up their yard in the same first visit, whatever he said. But we've been talking about where should we go to church. He said, I wonder if this is God's way of telling me this is where I'm supposed to be planted. He literally sank my truck. I said, you know, never heard it put that way before, but that might be God. That just might be it. Never heard God do it quite like that, but sounds as good as I've ever heard it. So, um, so, and obviously, I want to praise those of you that work on our hospitality team. He was commenting about the hospitality team. They were telling me, and others were telling me to validate the story. Uh, this morning, they have a little boy uh, who's probably about a year and a half, maybe two. I'm not sure how old the little boy is, but he did not want to stay in, in nursery this morning. He wanted his daddy or his mama. He did not want to stay. Well. Is only Miss Ann can do in her charisma and her, you know, prairie dust and pixie dust and Tinkerbell dust that she does to children. I don't know what she does to them. Miss Sister Patricia does the same thing. They got children that don't care if I exist. They want to know where Miss Ann and Miss Patricia is. And I'm thinking, God, I don't even matter here. As long as Miss Patricia and Miss Ann are here and the rest of us are chopped liver, we don't matter to this church anymore. But somehow they got him to stay. Well, by the time church was over, he didn't want to go to mama and daddy. He wanted to stay in children. I said, no, no, this is not Samuel. He goes home. There's no Eli and Samuel. We don't keep them. You take them home with you. But uh, but they, they when I asked the little boy, I said, he was, he was I finally went back to his parents. I said, do you like cookies? He whipped his head around. I said, you like cookies? I said, you want some cookies? I said, well, come on, let's go get you some cookies. So Brother Randy obviously got him cookies and things like that. And so that's exciting and all that stuff now as good as miss ann is and as good as that and i tell you all these stories for a reason i have a reason for that but 
But the, the gold star, I don't normally give gold stars of the day. I don't normally give awards. But I learned a long time ago that ever so often, yes, you celebrate all the big wins, the milestones, the $4 million paid, building being paid off, the $6 million donation. Those are great. But sometimes you have to celebrate the small wins, like when the bathrooms flush. Amen, preacher. Last week, we're drawing straws, hoping that they'll go down. This week, everybody can go and don't have to worry about where it's going. Praise God for favor. I mean, yes, small wins. But the gold star of the day goes to that little boy right there. Brantley, come here, buddy. That's my gold star. Come here. You're going to get FaceTime tonight. You're going on camera with the preacher. You're going to get in trouble. Your sister's in trouble, but not you. But anyway. But she did buy her mom a gift on the youth retreat to try to not die. Anyway, so it must have worked because she's still here to tell it. Uh, but this is my gold star for the day, and I'm going to tell you why. The Bible says, Set the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Now, this doker right here is full of life. I know y'all know, y'all see him always. He's so calm, easy going, not docile. He never makes a sound. He sits, he's quiet. You don't even know he exists. But every once in a while, he makes his presence known, give or take. And Miss Anzonar and Miss Patricia and Miss, Miss Sandy, others, you guys do a great job. They get badges, they get awarded. You know, the pastor talking about them in leadership training. This one didn't have a badge on today at all. He didn't stand at the front door. He didn't He didn't get to say, hi, my name is Brantley. I'm a part of the hospitality team. But he did. This morning, Brantley, when Ashley and David came the first time for Sunday school, he found out that Colton and Peyton and Cheyenne were coming into Sunday school. He took them, he got them. He was ready for them. And when some of the kids wanted to go to children's church, Brantley said, you don't have to go by yourself and be scared. You can go with me. Brantley took them to children's church with him today. And he uh, made sure that they felt safe and they felt welcome and they had a friend and they didn't have to worry about it. He made sure that um, that the two children today that came with Brett and Vanessa, uh, uh, they that their two children were welcome. He said, I'll show you where the nursery is. I'll show you where it's at. I mean, he, he was talking a mile a minute and I thought to myself, there ain't no way. And I couldn't have hired a better hospitality team member today. Brantley told him everything other than what size underwear and color socks I wear. He, that's the only thing. Brantley did not tell them today, but everything else he told them. I mean, he told them bathrooms, offices, why the church floods, why things. I mean, he told them everything. Told them that it's okay to bog down. Everybody bogs. I mean, he told everything we know. I don't know. He was pointing people out. They thought that Brantley belonged to me and Brianna. And he said, no, no, my daddy's that other guy over there. I was like, I don't know how to take that. He didn't even want to be my child. He wanted to be somebody else. But, I mean, he told them everything. And when Vanessa and them, they thought it was so great. And he said, at the end, all that I didn't know about until people told me about it after church and everybody had gone today. I didn't even see all that. But what got in the pastor's heart today, even though all that was great, is we pulled Vanessa and Brett out of the parking lot. The storm had just begun to unhook the winch. And I was walking back across the parking lot. Brantley was going, I believe he's going to his car. I don't know where he was headed. And he turned around. And he said to Brett and Vanessa, he said, are you going to come back next week? Because we'd love to have you. You can stay here too. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was all I could do not to turn around and ball. I hurried up and got to my office because I'm going to tell you right now, I love all of y'all, but he wins the gold star today for making sure somebody knew Jesus Christ and the love that a church can show because he didn't know those kids from Adam's house cap. But today he said, y'all come back now. This can be home. You can stay here. We can come in. I just want him to know in front of this whole body, in front of all of the people that watch this live stream, in front of everybody Today, Bradley, you're the top of the crop today. You win the star. Can we tell him how much we love him? Thanks, buddy.
He wins today. I'm sorry. You can say, I love all of you. You'll have to try harder. Brantley has set the bar really high for you this week. So, But he wins today for making someone feel special today. Psalms 28. If you have it, let's stand for the reading of God's word. Verse number 7. And then we'll be in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The psalmist says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise Him. Now, 2 Chronicles 20 and 19. King Jehoshaphat's getting ready to go into battle against the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites, those from Mount Seir. He's getting ready to go into battle, and he calls the people. This is the story. You've heard it before where he sends the praise and worship people ahead of the group and they march. But this is what he says before he sends them out. He says, and then to the Levites, the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korites stood up and they praised the Lord God of Israel with loud and high voices. So they rose early in the morning, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, house of praise, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Trust or believe in the Lord your God. You will be established. Believe his prophets. You will prosper. And I asked you a question this morning at the end of the message. I said, you know, I told you that Jesus loved you. And I said, but do we love him back? And as I remember the stuff that happened today with Brett and Vanessa and Brantley and all the different moving parts today. And Miss Carol was telling me the reports of 64 people in church today. I don't know about you, but only one thing came to my mind, and I put it together in sermon format today, if you will. But I just came by today to praise God because He's good. I will praise God. Now, you've heard these stories of these revivals and all these things, and I want that to happen here. But it all started when somebody got enough wherewithal about them to just stay in the presence of the Lord, to pray and to seek God and to worship Him. All of this stuff in Asbury and, and, and Lee University and, and, and Savannah, all these different places where these revivals are breaking out. It's all because people came together in one mind and one accord, every tribe, every nation, every tongue. They weren't worried about agendas. They weren't worried. All these people, most of these revivals are interdenominational. They're not all Pentecostal. They're not all Baptist, Methodist, Episcopal. They're just anybody, whosoever will, that loves Jesus coming together and praising the Lord. Can I tell you the quickest way for us to have that happen here or happen around our communities or in our church? is if we start praising God, God will come down for the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. The more we worship Him and praise Him, the greater His glory will come down with us. Let's pray together. Father, to the best of my ability, hide me behind the cross of Calvary and to preach Your Word today to the people of God. Let every word I speak be not my words, but Your words. And Father, I pray that You would take a coal from the altar of heaven and anoint these lips of clay that I may decree and declare what thus saith Almighty God. Let us not just be hearers of the word tonight, but doers there likewise. Lord, everything that we say and do, let it be for the glory and the advancement of the kingdom of God. And the people of God together said amen. amen. You may be seated if you can in the presence of the Lord. I will praise God. And throughout the pages of Holy Scripture, there are seven most commonly used terms for praising God. Words like Shabak, Barak, Halil, Tahila, Toda, Zomar, and Yada. Now Shabak 
is that what we call that crazy praise. That's the people who aren't become, like David who says, I'll become even more undignified than this. That's just, you don't care, no wherewithal, no, you just are going to worship God. You're going to praise God. Halil and Tehillah and Toda, they all have different meanings. Some mean to lay prostrate before the Lord, like you're, 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 you're humbled and laying down. Others mean different things like shouting and worshiping and clapping of hands and all of those are great. But the word used in Psalms 28 in verse 7, when he talks about the worship and the praising of God, the God that is his strength and in whom he trusts, and we read those scriptures that he talks about, he uses a word called yada, Y-A-D-A-H, yada. It literally means this, to worship God with extensions of hand. It is a picture as if a small child raises up to someone crying, help me, with their hands up. Now, I don't know about you, but you let one of these little babies in the nursery, Hadley or any of these other little babies, even some that might be just slightly older, you know, you let one of them little cute kids run out of the nursery or out of the three to five-year-old children's church and come run up and they throw their hands up, I'm going to pick them up. You can stand there and look at them, but I'm going to pick them up. We're going to go find cookies. We're going to go get goldfish. We're going to go give them Mountain Dew and not tell their mama and then let y'all take them home. I mean, that's between you and God and the dentist. I mean, I'm an equal opportunity employer. I like to keep dentists in business. I like to keep, you know, nutritionists in business. I like to keep everybody running in this town. But I'm going to love on them. You know, they, they, there's just something about the innocence of that child when they raise their hands and hold me or help me or or just pick me up. You, you, you know, some people can look at them and be like, you got two legs, walk, son. Like, you know, my mother was not very coddling. I'd go up there, mom, and she'd be like, well, you got two legs, I ain't broke, you can walk. Yes, ma'am. And you know what I did? I walked. Or either I sat there and waited until I decided I wanted to walk, you know. But, but sometimes, there are certain times that that little child, that little baby, man, they lift their arms up, man, it, it just melts your heart. You know, grandbabies. Now, my mother wouldn't pick me up. Micah was that small. Micah could just sneeze twice. She picked him up. I'm like, he didn't even ask. You're picking him up. I begged you, and you said, you got two legs. Make him use his legs, Mom. She's like, it's different. They're grandchildren. No, you're different. I didn't say that because I'm still here. But I'm just telling you, you're different, you know. But the reality of it is there's something about it. It melts your heart. Those of you that probably keep your grandchildren, man, it's, they, can just, they can look at you the right way. It changes. You tell it just something about the moment. And he talks about that that you'll die is to extend out crying for help. So when he says, My heart is trusted him and I am helped, what he is saying is, is when I reached my hands and extension toward heaven, God picked me up. Can I tell you the greatest thing, and I know we've been talking about endless love on Sunday morning, but can I tell you the greatest thing ever is to know that when I needed God most, he picked me up. The Bible says that, he, that when my feet were on the miry clay, he picked me up on a rock and let me have a sure foundation. The Bible said even when I made my depths in the, my bed in the depths of hell, even so there, Lord, you were there. I'm telling you, the greatest miracle or the greatest thing we can ever praise God for is the fact that when I was at rock bottom and didn't know where to go but up, when I put my hands up, he reached down over heaven and he picked me up and said, I'll carry you from here. Now, I remember the story that was told of two sets of footprints in the sand. There were two sets of footprints walking along the sand of a beach. 
and they were on a journey. And this person was walking, they were reflecting on their lives, and they noticed that there for a while, it transitioned to one set of footprints. And the person got mad at God and said, God, you and I were walking together on this road of life. You were walking side by side. There's two sets of footprints, mine and yours. But I noticed, Lord, over the trajectory of my life, every time something got hard, it switched to one set of footprints. God, you abandoned me. God, you were not there. Every time my life got hard, instead of walking there with me, you left me. Because there was only one set of footprints. The reply back was from God. God said, no, you're sadly mistaken. All your life, when life was good, I walked beside you because you didn't want me to help you. But all those hard times, those weren't your footprints. Those were mine carrying you till you could walk again. Can I tell you, sometimes in life, there are times we don't feel like we can make it to tomorrow. But if we just hold on to God's unchanging hand, we'll see tomorrow because he's the God of tomorrow. And he's already in tomorrow. I may not know how to get to Monday, but God's in Monday while I'm still in Sunday. And somewhere around the world, it is Monday right now. But the God that's in with us right now and Sunday is also somewhere on the other side of the globe into Monday. Helping those people who love Jesus. And tomorrow when they're going into Monday night and we're coming into Monday morning... God will be there welcoming their Tuesday while we're still dealing with Monday. I'm telling you, I think, I'm thankful that I serve a God that's not bound by time, space, or limited by any decree of man. But even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear no evil. For, Lord, you are with me. Your rod and staff comfort me. Even when I can't even walk, I can have the, no, the assurance of knowing God can pick me up on his shoulder and carry me until I can walk again. And see, the reality of it is, that symbolism of hands raised, it's an international sign. In fact, all throughout war, all throughout, all from the beginning of time of war, the symbol for I surrender was one of two things. A white flag, or throw your hands up and lay the weapon down. Still do it today. You, can, you don't have to speak Chinese. You don't have to speak Russian. You don't have to speak English. You don't have to speak Spanish. Everybody knows when you drop the weapon and you do this, they don't have to ask. They already know what that means. In any language, no words are spoken. They already know. Or if somebody takes the flag and they do this, what they're saying is I give up, I surrender. There's something bigger, there's something stronger, there's something mightier. I surrender. You know, people think, that for us Pentecostal people, people think we're crazy when we talk about getting your handkerchief out handkerchief out and giving God a wave offering. No. Sometimes in life what we're really doing is we're not only waving and ushering in his presence into our lives, but sometimes we're waving the white flag of surrender saying, God, I recognize there's someone bigger than me in the room. And I recognize there's someone stronger than me in the room. And I recognize there's someone mightier than me in the room. I recognize that I've come into a room with somebody that that priest would die if they weren't right with God. I'm The holy of holies, the priest had to have the right garments, had to have the right undergarments, had to have the right attitude, or they dropped dead in the presence of the Lord. We come to God sometimes as as a universal nation just all flippantly and just coming in all casually I'd wonder how many people would die if God still did that so sometimes when I'm raising my white flag it's not because I'm weak but the Bible says I am when I am made weak that is when he's made strong sometimes I have to surrender to God because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world it's not that I but I'm recognizing that there's someone even greater than I in the room raising that white flag I surrender 
So when we raise our hands in worship, when we raise our hands in prayer, when we get down on our hands and knees and lay our hands above us or on a ledge, what we're really saying is, God, I give it all to you. I surrender completely to you. Not by my might, not by my ability, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, but it has to be Christ that gives me the strength. It's the surrender. Surrendering to God. I read to you out of Second Chronicles 20 uh, about Jehoshaphat's journey and how he did that with his people, but it's all transversed back to Second Chronicles 7 and 6 when Solomon dedicates the temple and and the Shekinah glory comes down. And the Bible says the Levites took instruments that David had made and they began to praise the Lord. That word praise that Solomon used was Yodah. Now, what instruments did David make? Brass. Trumpets. Harps. Lyres. Things of, of horns. Percussion. Well, I have never really seen a good trumpeter or a saxophone player play like this. That's great that they're projecting the sound on the floor. That's cool. But even the saxophone, I'm not going to pull it out, but even the saxophone, the barrel of the saxophone curves up. It doesn't. Well, I am going to use it. I'm not going to break it, I promise. If I do, I'll buy it. But the reality of it is, look at the curvature. The saxophone's not played down. It's played up. Even when they blow it, the sound's not going down. It's going up. When Brother Mike plays the trumpet, every time he plays the trumpet, we have it here for us to, to play. I'm going to sit it right back here, and I hope it don't fall. Stay right there. You look pretty. Stay there. Don't move. Just worship for a moment. When Brother Mike plays the trumpet, he doesn't play every Sunday like this. He plays like this. Why? Because the sound needs to go up. So when the Levites, the Bible said, took the instruments of David had made, and they grabbed their trumpets and their saxophones and all that stuff, they didn't play like this. They played like this. That's why when we talk about, oh, magnify the Lord, let us exalt his name together, we shouldn't come to church like this. We should come to church like this. Oh, God, I'm not worthy to be here. I may hang my head down in shame, but I'm going to lift up my praise unto the Lord. When the praises go up, not down, when the praises go up, that's when the blessings come down. I don't, I shouldn't, it might be a bad week. Hell might have come asundered against me. The devil might be trying me on every side. But if I can get from my house or wherever I'm coming from and I can get my wheels to touch the gravel parking lot, even if I bog the truck down in the yard, if I can get with the people of God, it doesn't matter how bad my week is. I got to remember I come to the right place and I've come to praise the Lord and I've come to worship the Lord, praise Him in the morning, praise Him in the new time. I've come to, even though it may be bad, when I walk through His gates, I'll enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. I may not always feel like worshiping and I may not always feel like praising Him, but when I do it, something changes in the atmosphere around me. It changes. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1. In that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you, though you were angry with me. 
your anger turned away and you decided to comfort me. In Isaiah chapter 12 verse 4, and in that day you will say praise the Lord, call upon his name and declare his deeds among the peoples and make mention that his name is exalted. Both of those words of praise were Yoda, the extension of hands. God, when I knew you were mad at me, I still worshipped you even though I knew I was in trouble. But when I worshipped you, it melted your heart. And you turned your anger away from me. And in this time, you came and picked me up rather than sentencing me to condemnation. But not only is Yoda a symbol of a cry for help, but it's also uh, the word Yoda means of giving of thanks. How do you know? Well... This was used in Isaiah 25 and 1. Oh Lord, you are my Lord and I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things. The counsel of old are faithless, our faithfulness and truth. I will praise your name because you've been good. You've been good. I will be thankful because you are good. That's still Yoda in Isaiah 38 and 18. For Sheol, hell, the grave, they cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. What's that word? Praise Yoda, the extension of hand. When people are dead, they're not supposed to move. If they do, you got a problem. And somebody else is going to die in the process who saw them move. Somebody's going to die at that moment. Okay? If they go to the mortician and we think we're going to home going service and we go for the viewing and they start twitching, somebody else is probably switching spots. Just saying. Probably me. <laughs> They can come out, but y'all go ahead and just put me in because I'm done. I'm going with that. I'm just, I'm gone. Death cannot thank you. Hell cannot thank you. Death cannot, Yoda cannot praise you with the lifted hand. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth. What is he saying? This is a passage of scripture where he's talking about Isaiah said, God, if you take me out, this was actually the prayer of Hezekiah. If you remember, if you go back and look, when Hezekiah was uh, 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 been told that he had to die, set your house in order for things are getting ready to happen and you're going to die. This is the prayer he was praying while Isaiah was transversing through the corridors of the hallway. What Hezekiah was telling the Lord is, Lord, if you take me out, who else is going to praise you? I will praise you. And you know what God did? He told Isaiah, turn around, go back into that room and tell him he's got 15 more years. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. It changes him. It changes him. Death cannot praise you. It can't celebrate you. Jeremiah 33 and 11. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of those will say, Praise, Yoda, praise the Lord of hosts. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. And all those who bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause the captives of this land to return as the first saith the Lord. Look at all these words. We've heard this word before in Psalms. His love endures forever. His mercy endures forever. We've sang it before. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Uh, he is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. We also sing that we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. What are we saying? God, we don't care what's going on with our hands lifted, with our ten-string instruments. We decree and declare we are going to worship you. If we do nothing else, we're going to worship you. We'll worship you. So I will praise God. So when I start thinking of this, Psalms chapter 28 and verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield and my heart is trusted in him and I am helped. 
So the first thing we notice in this is the psalmist said that when he prayed, God helped him. He offered a prayer of help. How do you know? Well, let's start from the top. To you I will cry, O Lord. Cry. What? Praying. I'm calling out to you, God. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit of Sheol. I die. God, what happens to me? Then he goes on in verse 2. Hear the voice of my supplication. He's praying that when I pray and I cry out to you, when I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary, he said, God, when I'm praying and I throw my hands up, I need you. I need you to be there. That's why when some people begin to pray in the altar, they begin to pray at their seat. Don't judge them when they throw their hands up and think, I wonder what's going on. They're just trying to tell their father, I need your help today. I need you. So instead of judging them, we maybe should join them instead by lifting our hands and say, oh, God, we need you too. You want to know how revival comes? No, no, I'm not asking God to do everything he did at Asbury College. I'm not asking him to replicate Lee University. I'm not asking him to replicate Savannah, Tennessee or Cleveland, Ohio. What I'm asking him is, God, whatever style you want to bring it to Berkeley County, whether it's in Santee Circle Church of God or we partner with other churches, however you want it to come, Lord, I don't care if it's the Baptist, the Methodist, the Episcopal, the Catholic, the Church of God, the Church of God of Prophecy, the AMEs, the Church of God, the Church of the Nazarene, the Assemblies of God, I don't care whosoever will, let us all throw our hands to our Heavenly Father and say, God, we need you. If we've ever needed the Lord before, we need you now. We need your love. We need your mercy. We need your grace. Oh, if we quit worrying about what this person thinks or that person thinks, if we all would just lift our hands toward heaven and say, God, we need you, boy, I'm telling you, it would change the trajectory of our decision in life and his presence would come just throwing your hands up what is the psalmist really saying he's saying don't be deaf to me God don't be silent to me God lest I should die listen to my prayer listen to my cry for help I've lifted up my hands in the sanctuary but something changes through verse 1 of chapter 28, through verse 5, the psalmist is telling God his prayer, his supplication. But in verse 6, David has a praise break. I love praise breaks. My wife doesn't love them as much because I do them to her all the time in the car. It scares her slap to death. We'll be driving along the road <laughs> and she'll be sitting there sometimes awake. Sometimes I do it when she's not awake, and then that's really when she gets nervous because it startles her because she didn't see it coming. But I'll just be driving, and out of nowhere, I'll just throw my hands over there, and I said, just give your hands and give God praise. Slap her in the forehead. It's just, it's just great. Sometimes she'll be dead asleep, and I'll say, in the name of Jesus, let it be done, Lord. Right on her forehead. And she, she's like, what's wrong with you? I said, I don't know. Maybe you should pray for help. God, help him. Lift up your hands and pray for me right now. But uh, I remember when, uh, I believe it was this week when we got the report for Mason about the $10,000 gift, I, I began to just worship the Lord in my car because I knew that was an answer prayer. Last week, uh, I believe, actually it might have been this week, week just this past week, I think it was on Thursday, I get a call from Mary Weaver. 
said, Pastor, you got a minute? I said, she actually sent me on Messenger, but I had my phone. I said, sure. I was in my car, but I was, I was just sitting there for a moment. And she said, I want to tell you something before I put it all over Facebook. I said, okay. She said, about a week or so ago, I had been praying to God, asking God. I had heard about a friend of mine who had stopped taking their chemotherapy treatment, and they went and saw a nutritionist and started eating better and eating differently or whatever. And, and, and it seemed to react to the cancer in a favorable way, and they, they seemed to be feeling better. And, and she said, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I'm getting tired of the treatments, and I just don't see, you know, the more I take them, I get sick and things like that. I just don't see them working, and I'm just getting discouraged. She said, so I was telling Wendell, and I had to put it on Facebook a couple weeks ago that, that maybe I, I should just, you know, what I was taking a straw poll. Just just what, what should I do? And some were telling me to do this, and some were telling me that. Some were telling me just to pray about it. She said, so I went back to the doctor this past week, and I had to have a scan. And I was still mulling that idea. She said, so they took the PET scan of my lungs. She said, because I had it in my lungs, and I have it on my liver. She said, so they started with my lungs, and she said, I didn't know what to do. And she said, they were gone for seemed like eternity. She said, they come back in, and they said, well, Miss Weaver, we looked at your liver, and there's still some nodules there. What we can tell you is they're not growing. It's there, but all this stuff we've been doing, it, it didn't make, the cancer did not go in. It didn't get worse. You're, 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 you're holding strong. We think that there's a chance we can get, you know, still get this thing taken. You, you, it's not... It's still responding to the treatment. It's not growing while we're treating you. So that's great. And she said, well, I felt pretty good. She said, but it was the next thing that got me, preacher. The doctor said, I just don't get it. And she said, what do you mean? He said, I know what I looked at on that lung scan. He said, but there's no cancer in your lungs. It's just not there. It's just not there. So Miss Mary put out on the Facebook that day, she said, this is the third time she's beat this thing. All by God's help. But there's no cancer in her lungs. It's just not there. It just went away. You could say it was the medicine. You could say whatever you want to. The medicine, same treatment, made the cancer in the liver just hold bay. It hasn't grown, but it hasn't went away. You can say the medicine, whatever you want to, but something in the lungs reacted differently, and what was there is no longer there. I'm telling you, in that moment, nobody else was in the car with me. I had a David moment. I had a praise break right in the middle of my car. Why? Because they can say whatever they want to. I know what happened on the PET scan. I know who walked in. They might have used medicine, but a great physician, the greatest oncologist of all time, went in there and said, I'll take it from here and he did he did just like that David had that moment that epiphany and in verse 6 of chapter 28 he switches gears he says out of nowhere comes out of verse 5 the voice of the Lord this, and, he, and he talks about all this blessed be the name you know render him I did not regard his works I did not do this and all this then he said but blessed be the Lord change I mean just like that oh we just went from God I need help I need help I don't know what to do they're like he had this epiphany but blessed be the Lord because he has heard my prayers so he went from prayers for health to praise for answers he said God when I do cry out you answer Mary Weaver's been praying God answer 
answer. She said, Pastor, that was like God's answer. God, what do I do? God said, I'll show you what I can do. You keep doing what you can, and I'll do what you can. Sometimes in life, if we just keep holding on and trusting God and asking Him, God, help me. I don't know what else to do. When we submit it to God, God says, I'll take it from here. You've done all you can do. Now watch what I can do that you can't do. David started to praise the Lord for hearing his cry. He's beginning to work up to this Yodah praise. He continues in verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. and My heart is trusted in him and I am helped. Yodah. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices and with my song I will Yodah. I will praise the Lord. I'm telling you, I don't know when Mary and Wendell will be back, but I'm telling you, whatever the next service she comes to, you're not going to have to go by and say, Sister Mary, you, you should probably just thank the Lord for the good news. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you don't have to say nothing. Mary Weaver will walk in that Sunday, and whether or not you feel God, whether or not you worship God, whether or not you praise God, I can promise you she will. Why? Because you haven't been where she's been, maybe, but she knows where she was, and she knows where God found her, and she's known what God did for her. I'm telling you, if some of us would remember where we were and where God found us and how far God's brought us, we might would throw our hands up from time to time and say, oh, God, you've been too good to me, and God, you've been so faithful to me. There are things in our lives we must remember how good God really has been to each and every one of us. He said, you heard me. You're my strength, my shield from every danger. I trusted you. I am helped. I am greatly, he said, I am greatly rejoicing. My heart greatly rejoices. You know what I think David was really saying? I think he was saying this. I'm about to shout. I'm about to get happy. I'm about to do things. When I think about his love, his goodness, and grace, I remember my, my aunt and uncle were, or they still are, uh, they were pastoring a church of God of Prophecy, and I went one time to a revival service they had at, at their church. They were pastoring at a different location than where they do right now, and they had a group come in and sing, and they were singing that night, and it was an old C-O-G-O-P song, and uh, it's, it's, I've heard it other places, but it's become kind of like Church of God has their style of music. The Church of God of Prophecy had their style. We were big bands and choirs and all that stuff. Church of God of Prophecy kind of had their, their style of music or whatever, and I remember the guy playing the piano and, and the singer singing, and it was a catchy little tune that they were singing. But I remember it, and it stuck with me all these years, and I've heard it multiple times. But I believe David might have wrote that song. They just don't know it because the writer said this, When I think about his goodness and all he's done for me, when I think about he's found me and how he set me free, I'm going to dance, 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 dance all night. When I think about the goodness and what he's done for me, when I think about his goodness and how he set me free, I'm going to jump, 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 or leap, leap, leap all night. When I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think about he's found me, and how he set me free. I'm going to shout, 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 shout all night. You know what's happening in Asbury College. You know right now what's going on in Cleveland, Tennessee. You know what's happening in Ohio. And you know what I'm praying God does in South Carolina is we pray, 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 pray all night. We shout, shout, shout all night. We worship, worship, worship all night. We magnify his name all night. We glorify him whether you stay all night, whether it's through services. But I believe when I think about his goodness and all he's done for me, you can do whatever you want to but I'm telling you I'm going to worship him and glorify him because I know what God's done for me I know it 
I know what he's done. So all over this country we see people, what they're doing is they're remembering how good he was and how God sent him and the love and the goodness of grace. And so they're praying all night. They're worshiping all night. They're shouting all night. They're glorifying God. Why? Because they remember what God has done for them. Revival comes when we realize that we need something greater than what we currently have. And when we get so desperate enough and we want God more than anything else, everything changes in a moment's eye. Revival doesn't come to those who already feel like they've arrived and don't need it. Revival comes to the ones that says, even so, Lord, I need you more today than I did yesterday. You see, he said, I'll thank him. I'll lift my hands toward him. I'll surrender all to him. I need him. I need his help. In Psalms chapter 30, verse 9 and 10, he says, I feel like I'm about to die. There's no profit in that. You are my helper. You turn mourning into dancing, sorrow into gladness. But the same writer that wrote Psalms 28 and talked about this answer to prayer and needing God to help him for rejoicing for answered prayer, just a few pages over in your Bible, you'll find Psalms chapter 42. And David writes this in Psalms chapter 42 in regards to yearning more for God. Listen to what he says. As the deer pants or longs for water. This is how you know people want revival. Lord, as the deer looks for water, oh God, how I want more of you. How I long for more of you. My tears at one point have been my food day and night. What is he saying? I fasted and nothing else mattered but hearing from heaven. And while they continue to say to me, where is your God? Look at verse 5. Why are you so cast down, O my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? Hope in God, for yet shall I praise Yodah, him, for his help of his countenance. Look at what he says in verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted with me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. What is David saying? Nothing else matters to me than having more of you, God. So not only is David praying for help, not only was David praising for answers, but you want to know how we'll see revival one day? Because you got to have a passion for God. You can pray for all the help you want, you can praise for all the answers he's given, but you got to have a thirsting, a longing, a passion for more of God. Pastor Clint Brown, he pastors a church, but he's became a well-known worship leader. He's a church that's very known for its charismatic worship. He used to sing a song about wanting more of you. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. And other artists have taken songs like that and have, have, have put them in their own words but have, have made these things about waiting on you, waiting on you, and desperately waiting on you. I'm not worried about the time, but in your strength I'll find, Lord, I'm waiting on you. And other artists have had similar songs about tearing and the passion for God. I want to be more like you. I need you more than I did yesterday. I need you more. More than words can say. I need you, Lord. More than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing. More than the, the, the next heartbeat. More than anything. And Lord, as time goes by, I want to be by your side, for I never want to go back to my old life, for I need you more. And, and, and I mean, songs are just the passionate pursuit of God. 
He talked about the deer panting for the water brooks. He talked about the tears. He talked about people asking, where is his God? But in verse 5, he talked about the Yodah praise. He shakes himself and he says, but David, why are you discouraged? David, why are you discontented? Why are you upset? For you should just praise the Lord. For yet still shall I praise the Lord. By verse 11, he shakes himself a second time and he says, Why am I in despair? Why am I? Because I have hope in God and I shall praise the Lord. Can I tell you, when you don't know what else to do, the best thing to do is just praise the Lord. More often than not, the bigger the problem is and you don't know what to do. If you start praising God for the things he's already done, that problem will get smaller and smaller and diminished. And before you even know it, by the time you finish praising God for all he's done, the problem you worried about now comes into the praise category. Because God already took care of what you had to worry about. And you can start praising Him for that answer to prayer. You just worship Him as Carol as you come. He said, I needed the help of His presence. In verse 11, he, he talked about the help. He said, the help of my countenance. You see reality of it is church sometimes in our lives life doesn't always give us what we want sometimes life doesn't even get us what we need sometimes life will throw us the proverbial curveball we never saw coming an unexpected death a failed marriage tragic loss of someone we care about, a wayward son or daughter, a car accident, a disability, blindness, deafness, heart failure, cancer, didn't see it coming. I remember hearing a story the other day about someone who body was eat up with cancer and they didn't even know it it had a little mishap and they went to the doctor to check something else out and when they went in there to do the surgery for something else when they opened them up they realized their body was ravished with cancer they didn't see it coming they had no existing pre, uh, pre-existing health conditions they thought they were great they were just going to get fixed up from their little health scare they had but they didn't think when they woke up from the anesthesia that the words they were going to say is we're sorry we weren't able to fix the other things and by the way set your house in order for you're in stage four and you're going to die with cancer we can't even reverse the curse it's so far there's nothing we can do they didn't see it coming brain tumors aneurysms most of the time people don't even know they've got an aneurysm they don't see it coming they think they've got a migraine or they think they've got a headache and all of a sudden one day it just burst and like that they're in eternity no words Sometimes life doesn't always give us what we want or even what we need. We have to make sure no matter how life may come, we never stop praying for God to help. We never stop praising God for all He's done. But more importantly, we've got to not lose our passion for more of Jesus in our life. The world may get worse and worse and more wicked by the day, but we've got to become more like him every day, not just the way. The world might be falling, but we've got to crucify ourselves daily. We've got to be more like him every day. Every day. 
He said, my help, my countenance. That word countenance is a Hebraic word called panay, P-A-N-E-H, panay. It literally means to look face to face, eye to eye to somebody. So in verse 5 that I read to you when he says, for my help, my Yodah, my help was his countenance. In verse 11 when he said, my help was his countenance, what he is saying is, when I needed God the most, his face saw me. And when my face saw him, everything else changed. Can I tell you there's no more beautiful picture in our life than to know that God is looking right now over the stairways of heaven, over the corridors of history, time, and space, the eyes of the Lord, even while we're sitting in this building, metaphorically and spiritually right now he is staring at your, you and at your heart and he's just longing for our hearts to see him and for us to make eye contact in the spirit world together because when we look upon his face everything seems to change Sandy Patty and Larnell Harris years ago made one of the iconic classic songs that ever has been sung it was on a Bill Gaither series. They, he partnered them together to see this song. The song said this. Miss Carol, can you go to the key of C for me? I don't even know if that's the right key, but thanks. The sky shall unfold with an anthem of praise. But you know what the chorus says? And we shall behold him. For we shall behold Him. You know the next line says? Face to face in all of His glory we shall behold Him. We shall behold going to our Savior and Lord, our Savior and Lord. Can you imagine what that day will be like when I walk to heaven? I pass Peter. I high-five John. I shake hands with Mark, Timothy, Luke. But the day I round the corner, the day I walk up the stairways of glory, first time in my life my eyes physically that I have seen God in the spirit realm but my eyes physically lays eyes on the face of God like the old songwriter says won't we have a time when we get over yonder you can do whatever you want to I've heard people say all the time I'm not Pentecostal but you get to heaven we all become Pentecostal real quick you say, oh, I go to the Baptist church. I go to the Episcopal church. I go to the Methodist church. We're a little more reserved. Oh, you in trouble, honey, because when you go to heaven, it ain't reserved. It just ain't. You got to either be Baptist, Episcopal, you got to have something in your life. You can't cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord in silence. It says we cry out, holy. You can say only the preacher's supposed to talk in church, but in heaven, we all talking, honey. 
You better hope you're from the south and can hear five conversations going on at once because we all got something to say when we get to heaven. We get to heaven, we're all going to see him. And I'm just going to tell you, I can't speak for you. But when I get there, you might want to get out of my way because I will knock you over. Because when I get to heaven, I don't care about anything else. But I want for the first time ever, I want to be able to see Jesus just like he is. I just want to see him. And I want to tell you today that even in this life that we live right now, until I get there, I'm going to praise him and worship him. You say, well, Pastor, why are you going to do that? Because I'm practicing, and I've heard practice makes perfect. So I figure if I keep working on it down here, when I get to heaven, I might have it right by then. I'm going to work on it. Now, some people, they're a little further behind. They're in the, you know, you know, little bit learning section. They're riding the short bus of life. They're struggling with their praise. They're, they hadn't caught up to the big bus yet. They're still getting there, but they ain't arrived yet. But some of us need to get off that bus on the struggle bus and get on the big boy bus and get to practicing. When I get to heaven, I don't want to practice. I want to be able to worship. And I want to know I know how to do it when I get there. So why do I clap my hands? Why do I shout? Why do I run the aisles? Why do I sing loudly? Why Why do I well, throw my hands up in the air? Because I've got a lot to get in before I get to heaven. Because when I get there, I'm going to shout. I'm going to run. I'm going to leap. I'm going to throw my hands up. I'm going to worship Him like it's never been done before. I will Praise God. Put your head bowed, your eyes closed. Heavenly Father, to the very best of my ability, I have preached the unadulterated word of God today to the people of God. Father, I'm asking today that you speak to us. Let this word be transformational in our lives. May you go before us this evening and let the words, everything we have spoken today have been pleasing in your sight. Father, I pray that you bless us and keep us. You make your face shine upon us. You be gracious to us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. Guard our hearts until we come again. Father, let the words of our mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. And Lord, until the next appointed time we gather together, let us make sure that we continue to praise your name. In Christ's name we pray and ask. The body of Christ together said amen. Amen. Will you stand all over the house before you're dismissed? And Brother Randy prays our benedictory prayer. Let me just make sure you know that Wednesday night, regular scheduled services, Bible study in the fellowship hall. And we'd love to have you. All those joining online, God bless you as well. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely.